Thanks to Harry's for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades, they will give you their trial shave set for free. For free! When you sign up at harrys.com slash fool, just pay the shipping. It's Tuesday, March 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Sellen, joining me in studio from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. We've got some pretty big news in the world of autonomous driving that we will get to. Uh, we have to revisit, because the last time you were in the studio, one of the things we talked about was uh, you loading me up, not unlike a pack mule, with lots of Motley Fool Asset Management swag to take down to Austin, Texas. And boy, was that a big hit. And we'll get to that. But we got to start with Oracle, because third quarter profits for Oracle came in higher than expected. I would say significantly higher than expected, but the forecast for Oracle's current quarter was lower than expected, and shares of Oracle are down about 9% this morning. How much lower than expected are we talking about here? This seems like a pretty big dip, considering the numbers they just put up in Q3. Yeah, the numbers for Q3 weren't bad, but it's just not, it's not compounding. The Company has really not grown in the past five six years, doing about uh, thirty seven million or ish uh, a year in revenue. Same number it had uh, back in two thousand twelve is uh, the business. Wait, million? Did you say thirty seven billion. million? I may have. <laughs> if so, I'm thankful that you've corrected me. <laughs> it's like I sure I sure hope they're doing more than thirty seven million in revenue. Uh, anyway. They're not growing a lot, and the business is moving toward the cloud, and it's moving faster toward the cloud uh, in the case of Oracle's competitors than Oracle itself is pulling off right now. And so that is what the concern is about, even though I think uh, the software as a service uh, revenues are up 33% uh, over the year. Um, that's just uh, Given where what they're guiding to, there are decreasing uh, revenues coming from uh, that part of the business. De- de- sorry, decreasing growth. So we've seen this story play out with other tech giants before, where, for example, Google. When there was a point in time when Google obviously was making money hand over fist in search, and then the money they were making off of mobile search was lower and. As more people were doing mobile searches, they had to make the transition. We've seen this with IBM. We've seen this with plenty of tech companies. And the story goes something like this: We've got a golden goose that's laying, or we've got a goose that's laying golden eggs. But then times change, and we have to transition and find another goose. When you look at Oracle stock down nine, ten percent this morning. And you see the transitions they are trying to make. Do you look at this as a buying opportunity, or do you want to see a couple more quarters of growth in things like software as a service before you think, yeah, this is this is actually a cheap enough stock? Well, it's not an expensive stock, but it's probably fairly priced given the inability to show top line growth over the the last half decade now and what they are able to do is is maintain as things transition they're able to maintain that level of sales um, profitability is not getting any better uh, and they're buying back shares so they have knocked off about a quarter uh, nearly of their shares over that time period so the earnings per share are up about a, you know they're up to 
125-ish, up from 175 years ago in terms of earnings per share. Uh, but that's not the kind of growth that I think that other software uh, investors are looking at. And Microsoft is a bigger cloud presence, uh, and they're growing faster than Oracle. So it's fairly easy to compare those two and say that investors are rightfully more enthusiastic in terms of the multiple they're willing to pay for Microsoft uh, than they are for Oracle. Even though it is bigger, it's growing faster in that area. By the way, I'll I'll just mention for anyone who tuned in today, hoping that we were going to talk in depth about Facebook, we're not going to do that. Despite the fact that now Facebook is down about fourteen percent over the last two days, and I'm I'm positive we're going to cover this on Motley Fool Money this weekend. But I was assuming you were going to say that it was because I was on, and therefore any discussion in depth was out of the question. I'll let longtime listeners draw their own conclusions on that one. Well, it's just my, what my fear was that you were going to say no. after the introduction, where you were just effusive about Harry's. Couldn't have been more excited to talk about the free, you know, Harry's products. I love me. And then you Harry's. introduced me, and it was, you know, I was just kind of an afterthought. Well, Understandably, again, I'm no Harry's. Long-time listeners understand this is the drop in enthusiasm in my voice. Uh, let's move on to Uber, which has suspended its self-driving uh, car initiative that it had been testing after an autonomous Uber car, which, by the way, had an emergency backup driver behind the wheel. Uh, this vehicle struck and killed a woman on a street in Tempe, Arizona. Uber had been testing this initiative in Tempe, in Pittsburgh, in San Francisco, in Toronto. All of those have been suspended. And I think, obviously, the spotlight is on Uber, and rightly so. But I think this is one of those stories that affects absolutely every company that is looking to get into the autonomous driving space. Yeah, and it, it'll be a big story for uh, today. Uh, there's a fatality. Um, but over time, people will grow accustomed to what the potential rewards are for getting the technology right. Uh, and so, there are about 100 fatalities a day on the, on the road in the U.S. Um, this is the first autonomous vehicle death, and I'm sure it won't be the last. I'm sure, ultimately, there will be thousands, because you're talking about a country where we are used to and accept 30-some, 35,000 deaths a year through the mistakes of human drivers. And and that's actually a much better number than it used to be. We have gotten better. Car makers have gotten better. Drivers have gotten better. Uh, about not drinking and driving, um, and and just things are safer. And yet, still, thirty five thousand deaths a year. And I think we're all we know the dangers when when we drive. Um, this seems to be uh, scary because there's no driver. As you say, there was a driver behind the wheel. So uh, on top of the autonomous system. So could this have been you know a, an accident that would have occurred? If the driver had been fully engaged, I don't know. I guess they're going to investigate that and report back. And I'm sure the autonomous vehicle community is hoping that this was, you know, an accident that that is not really the response or not completely the responsibility of the system, but just an accident which happens because of pedestrian mistake. I don't know. That's you know that's what will come out eventually. 
I'm glad you mentioned the the stats, sort of the annual stats, because that's that is important context to have. And yet, this, and I'll just speak for myself. I think this is an unfair expectation on my part, but I don't think I'm alone in this. That um, fairly or unfairly, and it's probably unfairly. My expectation is that if we're going to have autonomous vehicles, my expectation is that they be perfect. And I realize that's not a reasonable one, but just it's it's far more an emotional one than an intellectual one. And so we can look at a future ten years from now, twenty years from now, where the number of deaths on an annual basis from autonomous vehicle, you know, is in the low hundreds, as opposed to in the tens of thousands that we currently have, and yet it still sort of feels like uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because we're at the, the the early part of this process and not 20, 50 years in the future. When of course we'll look back in the same way now that we look back on driving in the 1950s and the 1960s, and we think. That's insane that there were not seatbelts and that we didn't have, you know, seats for kids. And drinking and driving was just like, yeah, no, sure, of course we're drinking and driving. Uh, yeah, well, I think that uh, it would be nice if this is a, the kind of technology that could come out and be perfect from the beginning, but it's not going to be. And uh, air travel, it would be great if there were zero fatalities from that, um, but there never have been. Uh, the stats get better and better over time, and that's what one should. Expect as if you can step back from, you know, the tragedy of a single death. There will be additional tragedies, and hopefully, there will be significantly fewer than the number of tragedies we are used to accepting from the current system, which is already much better than it used to be. Things get better and better. This will be part one would hope of of improvement, but there'll it'll never be perfect. Are you surprised at that list of cities where this is being tested? That it's it's Tempe, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Toronto. I I just assumed that out of the gate, it would be really what I'm surprised by is Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Toronto. I just assumed that hey, we're going to test this not in a closed course. We're going to test autonomous vehicles in cities. And let's start with smaller cities where the weather isn't really an issue. So the fact that it's being tested in places like Pittsburgh and Toronto in terms of winter weather, San Francisco, which is an insane place to drive, and no matter what the weather is, I don't know. I'm just surprised by that. Well, you can test, and hopefully they're not testing the treacherous weather conditions as part of this at the moment, right? Maybe they are, but you'd want certainly want to be doing that on a closed course uh, because uh, that's just one more variable. You don't really you don't need to test multiple variables at the same time this early in the process. So you can be testing in Pittsburgh and just not test it on days where the weather you know even if it's just raining, uh, you can pull pull that day as as a day of test out. You're not testing. With no driver behind the wheel, I think I don't know. I haven't been up to date on. I mean, that's all ultimately the different. That's, that's ultimately the goal. That's though. ultimately the goal. But you don't test that part until you've got a lot of data, and I don't know that municipalities are going to be approving such tests. Uh, you know, for a while. 
it does make sense to me to test in Pittsburgh at some point, uh, not just because of you know different conditions uh, in Pittsburgh in terms of weather, but also because it's a good test for the AI in terms of the names of the roads because Pittsburgh is the rare one of those rare cities where you're driving straight. I'm driving straight on Barker Avenue. I turn right, and somehow I'm still on Barker Avenue. Like I, I don't know what I don't know who was in charge of naming streets in Pittsburgh, but that phenomenon exists, and it's it's a little crazy to me. So I was in a focus group once. Um, agreed to get, show up for a focus group because I think uh, it was like get a hundred bucks for an hour. Isn't that why we all show up to focus and, groups? And, and I don't know, there was free coffee or something. And, and so it was from U.S. Air back in the day. And one of the things they did is they, you know, here here is it was for the rewards program. And they had a couple of brochures to sort of highlight why you should join their rewards program. And it had a list of the exciting cities that you could go to with all the miles that you would accrue from from their promotional, uh, you know, sales. And it was sort of you know London and Rio de Janeiro and San Francisco and Pittsburgh, you know. And and so when we were going going around the room and asked for our Opinions about this, I said, you know, nothing against Pittsburgh. I hear it's a great city. It it just kind of stands out in this list to me, and and I understand that your U.S. Air and Pittsburgh is one of your big hubs. That's a hub, all. yeah. It was at the time, but still, I I don't know that that's what I would go with if you're trying to entice people. Again, nothing against Pittsburgh. I'm from the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, um, but. Uh, it just uh, that's what I think of when I think of Pittsburgh in a list of cities. Pittsburgh is a great city, although you're right. It's it's never a situation when the International Olympic Committee comes out and says, "Okay, we've got our finalists for the 2028 Olympic Games, the Summer Games." Yeah, and it's London, Rio, and Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, never maybe maybe it should be. As I say, I haven't I haven't been enough to know. Maybe I should have used my miles at some point to uh, visit the great city of Pittsburgh. You've been there. You love Pittsburgh. I, I haven't been there recently, but it, 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 no, it's a, it's a very fun city. But one of one of the things that's interesting to me about about Pittsburgh, and there there are certainly other cities like this. You can be in, and this to me is is one more reason to go to Pittsburgh. Is you can be in downtown Pittsburgh, just in the middle of downtown Pittsburgh, and you can drive. Assuming there's not significant traffic, you can drive 20 minutes in any direction, and you are in the country. You are in pure farmland. So, but just in terms of like being in like a fun, medium-sized city, Pittsburgh's great. Yeah, they got any Wawa's there? Uh, I mean, isn't that the law? It's probably Sheets Country. Oh, okay, yeah. I just assumed maybe it, what it doesn't spread past Harrisburg. It's more it's of a southeastern Pennsylvania uh, thing, <laughs> sort of Delaware County. Um, we got to get Wawa's as a sponsor at some point for all the love we're giving them. But not today. Today it's Harry's. Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price, and that's why over three million guys have switched to Harry's, including me. By the way, I've been a customer of Harry's for years. Harry's stripped out the unnecessary costs to deliver one perfect razor at a great price, which they can do. By the way, because they own the factory. When you own the factory, you can actually lower the price of the razors. And Harry's is so confident you're going to love their blades. They will give you their trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash fool. All you do is pay the shipping. The set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, 
producer Dan Boyd and I were talking about that beforehand. Love the shave gel. And a travel blade cover. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash fool. That is harrys.com slash fool. You're a tennis guy. And uh, Indian Wells was was in the new, in the tennis news over the weekend because uh, Roger Federer was playing in the finals. Um, and uh, remind me the guy who beat him, uh, Del Potro. Del Potro. And uh, but you, but we were talking. You you've actually not only have you been to Indian Wells, you've spoken there. Well, we were talking about this in relation to Oracle because Larry Ellison is the big sponsor for the Indian Wells tournament. And yes, it is true that back in 2001, I believe, I spoke because the Motley Fool at the time, and I was writing and producing content for the website, but we had a partnership with Newsweek. Which is a little publication that not Which, many people remember. Yeah, for younger people listening, Newsweek uh, used to be a, a weekly magazine that would get delivered to your house, and it would have uh, the news of the week. And it was uh, one of the main, most respected uh, providers of, of news and opinion and uh, editorial content, and, and even breaking news. Uh, so the Molly Fool had, a, I think, three times we produced some content for. Uh, the publication, and as a result of that, I, I went out and spoke on a panel out there uh, back in the uh, the early days of the beginnings of the dot com bubble bursting. And you called it right. You you got up in front of those people and you said, "People, people, hold on, because <laughs> it is about to get ugly out there." I can't remember what I said. Uh, we had Motley Fool had already. Uh, gone through one one round of layoffs at, at that point, uh, so we we were well aware of uh, the you know the problems in the industry. We we're not well aware yet of of how much trouble was going to befall Newsweek because uh, I mean Newsweek stopped printing for a while uh, and it came back recently. It did, yes. And uh, I was trying to figure out if they still actually produce the magazine. It appears that they do, but for a while, they, they had stopped that. They had stopped, and they were just like combined with the Daily Beast or something, I think? I think so. I, I just uh, It's one of those news media stories that I, I know in my heart that if somehow Trunk were involved in Newsweek, I would, I would have a much firmer grasp on Newsweek's ownership structure. Uh, before we wrap up, I, I, I have to mention what a big hit the Motley Fool Asset Management swag was last week. We had a fantastic listener meetup in Austin, Texas. Uh, I would say we had just north of, of two dozen listeners appearing, which was great, and got a chance to, to visit with people. And the MFAM swag went like hotcakes. People were loving it. So thank you for that. I heard it was bordering on three dozen. Uh, we, Sources close to Bill Barker said it was bordering on three dozen. I may be rounding up from uh, from what I heard. Okay. Uh, well, it was uh, it was it was it was great. packed. It was packed. What do you get out of uh, you know? What kind of information did you get out of this one when people talk to you? Um, uh, a lot of negative comments about you personally. While there was appreciation for the swag, there was a lot of love the swag. Not like, can is there a way to get less of Barker on the so show? Consistent with the emails that you receive and the, the online comments yeah. and the Twitter and no, everything no, no. else. Actually, there was there was there was much praise for you, uh, which was which was baffling to me. Yeah. Um, Did you correct them? 
Uh, you know, I try, but at some point that becomes rude. I get Parker on when there's nobody else available. You didn't want to reveal, yeah, that there are just days where nobody else is available, right? Because that, that and it's like, well, we could have no show, or we could we could do this. Did you discuss the possibilities, <laughs> like the pros and cons of no show? How would you feel if we cut back to three days a week instead of four? Um, uh, I'll tell you one thing, and I'm, I'm going to uh, next week. Uh, I'm going to be on spring break. Uh, Matt Greer is going to be on spring break, so I'm going to be taping some stuff to run next week. So I'll be talking uh, a little bit more in depth about the meetup that we had in Austin because there it was it was really great. Um, but I, I will say one one sort of takeaway I had was just uh, it never feel fails to be uh, interesting, exciting, and inspiring to me. Uh, talking to people who are at various stages in their life and investing, and some people are very experienced and they and they're very excited to talk about different styles of investing, and some people are just starting out. Uh, there were some younger people who were there who were just sort of getting into either studying or just beginning their careers in finance. Uh, so it's uh, it's really great. It's really great uh, anytime you have that, and particularly at a place like Guero's. Which has great food and and uh, some of those nice beverages that include alcohol. What 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 of the swag would you say went over biggest? Uh, I, I mean, all of it. All of it went quickly. Uh, of of the swag that got uh, tweeted out in terms of photos, there was at least one person who tweeted out a photo of the Motley Fool Funds branded lip balm. And there were a couple of questions for me, like, "Hey, do they sell this stuff?" And I just said, "I I don't know, but go to foolfunds.com and they find out." Really, mostly just sell mutual funds. <laughs> it's not really. I was like, I it's not really a lip balm business that we're that we're in. Shouldn't the margins on lip balm be great? Not unlike the margins on twenty-seven dollar candles at Bath and Body Works. Uh, the margins for us are zero okay. on, on lip balm because we don't we don't we don't sell that. No, I know you we don't. don't sell that. But or t-shirts or hats or or whatever else you may have. What about this? Had what about pens? Because as anyone who is a shareholder of an individual stock or a mutual fund knows, you get the annual report. You get some sort of annual report. What if included in the Motley Fool Fund's annual report, you also send out some lip balm or some of those post-it note things? Those were a big hit. I I. I don't know. I don't know is the answer, but I think that in general, we'd like to move toward the uh, more looking more like everybody else in some ways than oh here's some here's some lip balm to confuse you uh, with with your annual. But what report. do you do with an annual report that shows up in the mail? What would you do if lip balm were included in your annual report from you know? Chevron or or whatever. If it was Chevron, which I don't own shares of, I would find it suspect. But I, I <laughs> but know. if it were a mutual, or you have a an S and P five hundred mutual fund somewhere in uh, somewhere some retirement there. account, right? If they threw some lip balm at you. Let me put it this way: there was a point in time, for a good stretch of time, that when you were a Starbucks shareholder and you got the annual report, you really looked forward to it, not just because it was pretty, but because it included some form of gift card. From Starbucks, like, hey, here's here's five bucks on a gift card, or you know, three bucks, whatever it was. It was just that little extra thing. Yeah. And at some point, they stopped doing it. 
Uh, so you're th- maybe maybe a gift card for three dollars worth of our mutual fund. Hey man, do with that that idea. <laughs> take it, run with it, run it by your boss Denise Corsi, and uh, and see what she says. But I'm just saying, people instead of just taking the annual report and tossing it in the garbage or putting it in the recycling, they'll be like, hey, look, lip balm. Where are you going for this big vacation of yours? I'm going to the Great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Nice. Undisclosed location. But hopefully, there's going to be a Wawa on the way. Hopefully. And uh, I will be the only one in the vehicle who will be excited about it. That's a vacation right there. It is. I actually uh, I had a doctor's appointment recently in downtown DC, and it was right next to the Wawa down there. Could you get in? Barely. It yeah. was hopping. It was hopping in there. It was packed. It was packed, yeah. They're doing a hopping business. They need to open more. They do. Come to Alexandria for crying out loud, <laughs> Wawa. What are you doing? All right. We've long since yeah. passed the point of being useful. Bill Barker. Sorry. Motley Fool Asset Management. You can go to foolfunds.com. Maybe they sell lip balm. Maybe they include it in their annual reports. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But go to foolfunds.com and find out. Our lip balm. It's no Harry's. It's, no, it's, it's not Harry's. That's no. true. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about on The Motley Fool, may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.